Welcome back to Old Nerd, Young Nerd. I'm Derek. I'm Todd. And we're continuing our um, our little mini-series on the life and times of Stan Lee. Right. Um, the one thing we didn't talk about the last time, which is uh, his famous catchphrase, Excelsior. Excelsior, yep. Which I, is something I didn't learn about until, like, maybe ten years ago. Mm-hmm. Um... Actually, I I didn't even know what it was. I thought it was made up. I like just learned what it what it meant like a month ago. Huh? Just ran just reading about uh, Stanley's life and everything. Right. So Excelsior is Latin for ever upward, hmm. and that kind of became his business mantra. Well, maybe not like a business, like his life <laughs> mantra. Right. Which is, you know, pretty positive and upbeat. Like no, your definitely. Out, your, like your outlook on Star Wars. Positive pretty much. Energy. Pretty much. I All try to be the, the, the positive uh, But I have, a, I have a quote from Stan Lee on why he started using it. And it was kind of like an, an FU to DC Comics and other, um, other comics companies out there. He said, I used to have a lot of expressions that I would end my comic book columns with. Hang loose, face front, enough said. And I found that the competition was always imitating them and using them. So I said I'm going to get one expression that they're not going to know what it means, and that they won't know how to spell it, and that's where Excelsior came from, and they never did take up on it, thank goodness. So that's, that's pretty funny. I mean... I, <clears throat> he, he always uh, came across as positive, you know, and everything. I actually watched a documentary between him and Kevin Smith. Oh, and that talk- was probably awesome. Yeah, it was really cool. Because um, kind of uh, Kevin Smith idolizes kind of like we do. Yeah, right. And it was basically just a fanboy just talking about different things. And actually, and, and we'll bounce around to this, if well, you like, remember... If you could have actually talked to Stan Lee, would you have been able to form a sentence? I probably would have, but... I would have been standing in line for four or five hours waiting for it. Just so to say probably, like a five-word sentence? Yes. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> Just, I mean, he's so iconic. Like, what do you say to somebody like that? I, I don't know. I, the, honestly, it's thank you. Yeah, pretty um, much. Because, you know, we were talking about in the last episode, he, he tackled real issues. Mm-hmm. Um, he also created... From, some of everybody's favorite comic book characters ever. Yeah. Um, and he made them infinitely relatable. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like you're some alien from another planet who has super strength and can fly, a.k.a. Superman. You know, these were, um, regardless of what character it was, there were always flaws. Yeah. And that was one of his key points to make it relatable to the audience. Daredevil's blind, you know, and you know he made that character where, you know, some people see it as a disability, mm-hmm. whereas he just uses other senses and made them assets. Right. So he downplayed the fact that you couldn't see, but he said, you know what? Just because you can't see doesn't mean you can't do anything. Right. And it really. Now, with Daredevil, I guess it's kind of hard for blind people to actually, you know, see that literally. Well, they have comics in Braille. Yeah, but I don't know if you could, you know, comics, too, are a visual medium, too. So, That's true. 
Um, so you can't do that. But I think it really spoke to um, not just uh, blind people, but people all around them saying, you know what, they're not helpless. They well, still I mean, you you know, have, can have um, an impact. Charles Xavier in the same vein, right? Absolutely. The most, the most powerful mind in the world, one of the most powerful people on Earth. And right. he's, uh, he can't paraplegic. walk. Yeah, he's paraplegic. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. You know, um, Wolverine, if you really think about it, you look through his history, he experienced traumas through war, mm-hmm. you know, and we had a lot of that with soldiers, you know, throughout all of our wars, not mm-hmm. just the United States, but every war where it's very traumatic. Um, now, obviously, part of it was um, he lost his memory from all the experimentation that was done on him. Yeah. But, you know, his, you know, depending on how far back you look, and there's there's different iterations of um, how they went about telling his backstory, how old he is and how many wars he's lived in, you know, lived through and just dealt with that shock. Right. Made him into that person. You know, he was kind of gruff and standoffish. But, you know, they gave him a backstory where you can kind of see where he's coming from with that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just as a whole, they're looking, you know, Stanley has always taken that aspect of humanity that a weakness is not a weakness. You know, it's just something, if if you have... A disability, it's not truly a disability. It's just something that you can overcome if right. you can press forward. Right. Um, if you can excelsior. If you can excelsior. And that, and that's what he was going into. Um, but I didn't mean to to go off on a tangent with that. But yes. I guess you... Well, yeah. ta- tangent's your other word. Yeah. Segway and tangent. Tan- I didn't want to use segue. Cause no, because it's not, it's not really before. a segue because we're still so on topic. Yeah, because it's still exactly it's still on topic. Um, big ahead. I was interrupting with well, your. Yeah, so it's like something. Um, another thing that uh, we didn't mention the last time. And this, I, I thought this was really cool, cool on uh, on Stanley's part and cool on DC's part was the uh, the Just Imagine series that they which did Which I never even heard of, which is surprising, yeah, so all, until we were talking about that. It was just 13, I think 13 different comics uh, published throughout 2001 and 2002. Were they one-shots? I think they were in an interconnecting universe, but they're all essentially one-shots. Okay. And it's it's just, it's called Just Imagine, because it's Stanley reimagining some of DC's most iconic characters. I wonder if there's a trade paperback on that. Uh, that'd be a good thing to research, yeah, for sure. I'm definitely... But yeah, so, there's an Aquaman, Batman, Catwoman, Crisis, Flash, Green Lantern, JLA, Robin, Sandman, Secret Files and Origins, Shazam, Superman, and Wonder Woman. Oh, Those I'd love the... to see what he did with Sandman, because yeah. I love Neil Gaiman. And I, I love that whole storyline. I didn't even know that was... I'm definitely... As soon as we get done this wrapping up this episode, I'll be on Amazon and eBay looking for the movies. <laughs> <laughs> you think I'm joking, but I'm not. No, I don't. I, that's why I was laughing because I, I 100% believe you. Yeah, I, I definitely want to read the, the Sandman one for sure. But it'd be kind of cool if there was a trade paperback you on. No, I that. just I thought it was cool of of DC just to the to bring in Stan Lee to offer his vision on some of their more iconic characters. 
it was cool of him to do it considering like the fierce rivalry between DC and Marvel through all the through all the years. Now, what what I honestly think um, happened with kind of like I guess I, guess I want to call it the rise of Stan Lee um, is that it didn't just help Marvel; it helped comics as a whole. Like when when he really started breaking out with you know um, all of the, his new characters from like the late sixties, Fantastic Four. Spider-Man, it really brought a renaissance to the comic book industry mm-hmm. that's slowly grown. I mean, it's never waned um, since that that beginning. It's had some false starts, you know, with um, TV movies and everything like that. We were talking about Spider-Man um, in one of our earlier episodes in the Spider-Man live-action series, which we were uh, talking about. And I've talked to other people about it. Some people don't like it. I loved it because it was when I was a little kid, and I got to see Spider-Man live action. But what that also did, going back to your uh, topic about DC Comics, is um, it also gave DC Comics a chance to branch out, a chance to really grow beyond uh, the well, format and of DC. Can always now say, "Well, Stanley Root for us." Uh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. But, um, and I mean, like, so here's a tidbit I just saw in uh, for DC Comics. These uh-huh. characters in Just Imagine are canon. They exist on Earth Six in the multiverse. Oh, really? Yep. Well, technically, you know, DC and Marvel had a crossover series in like the '90s, early '90s, I think it was. Mm-hmm. So the Marvel universe exists in the DC universe as like Earth two hundred and something or something like that. Nice. Yeah. Obviously, that's not going to be a heavily mentioned factor ever, but... <laughs> uh, let's so see. Just, there just, is an omnibus available, it looks like. With uh, with just a compilation of those 13 comics? I think so. That's pretty cool. Yeah, but it, it's they're all... It's expensive. But if you get oh, the original... Sure it is. If you get the originals, there they're, looks like right now they're around like fifteen, sixteen dollars a piece, so I'm gonna have to pick those up. But I, I I didn't even know he did that for Sandman. Or any of them. I'm kinda curious as to how the how that's all gonna work out. That's interesting. Um and I don't know how many people know that 'cause I, I kinda shied away after I guess like the two thousands, um, from comics and and this will go back to you know what we're talking about too. I mean, all through high school and college, I was collecting comics, and um, then I shied away from it. Like once I started working, and then when the when the movies started coming out, when the comic book movies, not just Marvel comic movies, but DC and everything else, I'm like, you know what? Let's revisit this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I started collecting them again, and it kind of brings back that that part of my childhood. But, I mean, that was all, you know, predicated upon, you know, Stan Lee's success of really um, getting his brand out there. Yeah. And and pushing it jo- just not on that one medium of, you know, the, the comics, the paper comics. Now there's digital comics. Yeah, right. Um, you, which is a big... Uh, apps on your phone you can get to look at comics every... 
whenever you want. Right. Like, just, you know, like a monthly subscription thing. And you just don't have just um, the digital. You have video games. I mean... Right, the, the movies, cartoons, TV shows, toys. Right. And I forget what the name of the company started, but he started this in 2001 where he was basically pushing the products not from just uh, not just the comic book medium but to other avenues as well TV mm-hmm. um, now obviously before 2001 you had the Hulk series with Lou Ferrigno um, right uh, there was a Fantastic Four TV, uh, TV movie I think from the 70s right so you had you had the start of the uh, Spider-Man uh, you had the start of everything. Obviously, with the new technology, you know, in the late 80s, early 90s, and the 2000s, it was a little bit easier to show, like, the X-Men and their powers and all that. Um, but go ahead. Let me, I didn't want to interrupt you. Go ahead. Fire away. Well, uh, I was just going to... So, you know, 2001, 2002 is when the Just Imagine series ran. So mm-hmm. it's, it's what, 17, 18 years old now? Maybe. Yeah. So... I I just learned about it. Yeah, few, I didn't know months. about it. Like, so you just told not, me about not it. Not today. You just learned about it today. Yeah, I just learned about it like a couple months ago. Yeah, and then like I think right when I think when he died, I was re you know and all the stuff came out. I was reading about. It, I was like, just shocked to hear that uh, that that series of comics existed. Yeah, I mean, comics obviously aren't as big as they were when I was a kid. Yeah, um, and I, I think was, that's like more... when I was a kid, they weren't super popular amongst my friends. Yeah, I mean it, the that medium has actually gone down. I think because with the rise of uh, the rise of the machines, yeah, uh, digital copies and all that. Well, I, I, think I, I still on, like. I think it's back on an upswing now, thanks to um, the success of the MCU. Yeah, I mean. Um, definitely there there's more of a call for it you know i don't think there's as many comic shops around as there as there used to be oh for sure for sure um and i don't think they have as wide a selection but you know there's definitely still um they're, they're still hanging on um and i still like the tactile I mean, just with anything, not even with comic books. I, I just don't like reading things on a computer or, or a, a screen. Kindle or a Nook or any of that stuff. Yeah, I, I can't deal with that. I, no, I, I need, I need I a hard am, copy. I am very much a book person. Yeah. Give me a Which book. Which is kind of interesting because of your age. Because for the most part, I think you're the exception rather than the rule, whereas I'm more the rule for my age group. But Well, well I went. I was a literature major in college, so everyone in my in my classes felt the same way I do, so I can't oh. speak for that. Okay. But it's, you know, um, having your hands on something and turning the page, mm-hmm. like not having to charge it, it's always there when you need it. Right. There's just a great... Be- I never understood the nook, but we're off topic now. Yeah, I mean, we're... we're, we're- We're talking about comic books and Stan Lee and, you know his his impact on the world um and you know what he's done and we were talking about his segue into uh the realm of dc and his reinvention of uh the dc comic characters um but go ahead i was interrupting you 
And then, no, I'm you know. d- I'm done with that. Oh, that okay. Was, that was pretty much it. Oh, okay. So, but speaking of um, his impact and uh, like his own work, mm-hmm. so I think everyone knows. I don't think it's a secret that the Stanley's favorite thing he ever created was Spider-Man. Yeah. That's that's like that's nobody's secret, right? Every you've heard that before. Everybody's oh yeah, heard yeah. That. And and one of the big things was with great power comes great responsibility. Mm-hmm. And that's always been one of like his keystones, you know, not just with Spider-Man, but with all of the heroes that he created. We were talking before about the flaws that um, his characters had, but yeah, definitely Spider-Man. But you were going to a point on that, yeah. Um, well, when it, I I I don't know if I'm assuming he Stanley knew his his time was short because I mean this is I have no way of verifying this. Mm-hmm. This is just what was reported, but he met with Roy Thomas, Marvel's publisher, who succeeded him mm-hmm. two days before he passed away, and like his last words to to him were to take care of his boy, aka Spider Man. Right, which is you know, it's kind of like deep. It is because I mean he cared very deeply about all of his characters, obviously, but everybody's got their favorite. Mm-hmm. No, definitely, and I I think. And obviously, it wasn't the first character it created, um, but it was the first character, um, I believe, that had that where the the idea of a flawed human just with superpowers, and it was an everyday Joe that still had to deal with every everyday Joe problems, and I think that was his way of bringing the audience in, and I think right. Spider Man really did that. You know, even with Fantastic Four, um, each of them have their issues, but they were basically on a spaceship, and they got their powers, you know? And they were all, you know, scientists or, or one thing or another, so it's a, it's a kind of like an out-there type of profession. Whereas Spider-Man, it's this kid in high school gets bitten by a radioactive spider. Yeah, I mean, and, it's an accident. I mean, right. not, like, not like any of them are typically on purpose a lot of people get got their powers by accident right but these weren't like peter parker wasn't a scientist doing a science experiment he was a science nerd on a field trip right and it really obviously um it was geared toward kids and everything else and right that was the first he was like the teenage hero learning to be a hero Right. Hence the friendly neighborhood part of being Spider-Man. Right. And he was learning to grow up along the way, and a lot of kids grew up with him. Mm-hmm. You know, they they experienced the same problems Spider-Man did, or I should say Peter Par- Peter Parker. Yeah. I mean, it was the the stories were largely you know Peter Parker, and then ever and then throw in Spider-Man. Right. Um. So I can totally understand where, you know, Spider-Man was his favorite. Um, just from, not that I know him personally, but the man that it, I believe him to be. Well, if you knew him personally, I would certainly hope he would have introduced us. I might, I might not. Depends on your attitude. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, but this is going to wrap up uh, part two of our Stanley uh, tribute series, and when we come back with part three, we're gonna go over his many, 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 many cameos. Yeah, and that might 
might that actually might, take yeah, us a while. Yeah, we might have to do a full episode for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I was kind of shocked when we were looking over it. Because um, I thought it was going to be like a five-minute yeah, thing. Todd was actually writing them all down on a piece of paper, and you know he had just gotten to the Disney movies, and he was already at like 20 cameos. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's, that was it's at a least lot. 20 more to go. But um, stick with us. This is going to be... Um, these are going to be like short little episodes that we're going to throw in maybe every couple of weeks. Uh, but, you know, stick with us and uh, follow us along with our journey. And with on Stanley. Facebook. Oh, at, yeah. Yeah. Follow plug, us on Facebook. I plug it. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'm Todd. I'm Derek. Remember, normal, normal is, is the, the new, new boring. boring. Thank you for joining us. Thank you.